I found my exact feelings expressed in a greeting card. You created me, Mom, so I guess you're to blame. For the love that I feel just from hearing your name, you're as tender as corned beef and warm as pastrami. Australia, how are you going? Hang on, it is NBA Australia, it's Sunday, mate, that's right, May 8th, the real Australia Day, it's also Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there, all of you that I assume is are listening to this show on a Sunday, <laughs> which has got to be at least 98% of the population definitely listening to this show. Uh, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes, here to give you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA playoffs right now, while ripping Australia a bit. That's what we do. I'll tell you what, it's been a wicked weekend. Uh, so we've got four game threes to talk about today in each of the series, We've uh, and we'll take a look as we do at the state of every second round series. We've got a masked Embiid, he came back. We've got Luca absolutely shredding. We're going to miss Boston tipping and a bunch of sooking <laughs> and a Warriors explosion uh, to cover in the game wraps. We've got that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate, spot of the night. Bet on Lonzo Ball. We've got, uh, I don't know, Legend of the Weekend, I think. Uh, we've got some Yenaz, the umpire of the of the day. Outback Takehouse, where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's a uh, very brief Australian player watch and a Shane Hill shooter shoot shoot shot light him up award uh, before we pick and preview tomorrow's game fours. And that'll be it, because it's Sunday. And uh, let's get this one done. Get it rolling. Get you set up for game fours. How good's the second round? I'll talk about the second. I love it. Right, into it. Episode 18 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Uh, well, I mean, you would if you were a uh, hypothetical matchup against Rudy Gobert. Uh, the big Shaq podcast, Shaq was saying, uh, is being told uh, Rudy would hold him to 12 points. Ah, man, he'd hold you to 12 points. And Shaq said, yeah, in the first three minutes. Take that, Rudy Gobert. Right, uh, yeah, as you might be able to tell, I'm feeling a bit better. The Coco, uh, you know, knocked us about for a couple of days. Uh, We haven't done a show since, what, Thursday? Uh, What, with uh, no games on Friday and then the game threes across Saturday and Sunday here in Australia? Yeah, feeling good, feeling great. It's going to be fucking nice to get out of ISO. Tell you what. It is pretty gnarly. We're doing a show on Mother's Day, obviously. It's like, Jimmy, should you be spending it with old mate? I'm like, I asked old mate about that. And she's like, motherfucker, we've spent the last seven days straight in this fucking house. Go get in the study and get the fuck away from me. <laughs> so it's like, all right. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, God. Good times. Everything's growing great. <laughs> but seriously, uh, she's all right as well. Look, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but yeah, she's also pregnant again. So we've got number two on the road, uh, on the way. Yeah, there you go. And uh, 
It's going to be pretty interesting, but obviously that means that she wasn't able to have as much, you know, just Panadol and all that sort of shit that like I was with the cocoa. So she copped it a bit worse, but uh, she's all good. I'm all good. The craziest part is the squid, he's been fine the entire fucking time. Which leads me to believe he probably had it and gave it to us. Thanks for nothing, you little burk. <laughs> all right. Let's start today's show the way we start every show here in NBA Australia. Apparently with me bitching and moaning about the cocoa, but also with the daily... Whip around. Uh, not much in the way of news over the weekend. It's like that one day off throws everybody for a loop. It's like, all right, we're going to suspend Dylan Brooks for game three. That's the big news. Everyone goes, oh, did he deserve to get be, to be suspended? It's like, yeah, basically, probably. And then we rile ourselves up today with the uh, Jordan Poole Jamarant. Oh, he grabbed his knee, man. It's like, oh, all right, let's all just... Let's watch everything in slow-mo and see how fucked up everything is. Right. Uh, but either way, after a weekend, we've got all the Game 3s yesterday and today. We have every single second-round series, East and West, at 2-1. I love it! How good is that? So, uh, the other little bits of news, the Sixers got fined $50,000 uh, for, uh, you know, basically the medical report on Joel Embiid. Uh, coming back for Game 3, he had been listed as out. Uh, earlier in the weekend, and then they sort of uh, upgraded him. So it's always one of those weird reporting things where you do get fined and, like, the team's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And the other little bit of news, the Lakers spoke to Terry Stotts. If you speak to PDX Pete, our uh, resident Blazers fan here at NBA Australia, and ask him about Terry Stotts as a, as a uh, tactician, as a basketball mind, uh, PDX Pete would be full of not exactly gushing praise. So best of luck with that, Lakers. Uh, we'll talk about the Lakers coaching stuff a little bit later. But that's about it. All the news. So let's get into the game wraps. Oh, yeah. Tasty. Game wraps. 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 That's right. The game wraps. Boom. Let's do it. First game. Saturday, Miami got absolutely shit pumped by the masked Embiid Sixers. That's right. It was Batman. I loved it. Love a bit of Joel Embiid in a mask. Uh, 99-79. Weird game. Really weird game. There's like no scoring in the first half. Miami just ground to a halt. What do they have? Like 34 total points in the first half? And they could never get into any sort of groove. Literally, it was only Jimmy Butler doing anything. And even in that first half, he was horrible. He went off in the third quarter, but still. My favorite part about that was that Miami are very clearly struggling. And the Sixers are like, ah, it's pretty cute. Look at him. They're struggling with their offense. Watch us. We will also struggle. <laughs> the classic sixes fits and starts offense of like, oh, that was good. Oh, that was bad. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was bad. But the big problem was like the Heat didn't score for the first three minutes of the fucking second quarter, right? Like Harris is out there looking good. You saw Harden and then Skadooge, the sixes up to a pretty easy lead. And uh, they're up nine and then boom. The Sixers are up 13 early in the third, and then they weren't because they're the Sixers. And you can trust them about as far as you can throw them. It was a one-point game. It was 51-50. And you're like, hang on a second. Is that, like, late in the second quarter? No. This is late in the third. That's how much of a brick fight this fucking game was. The biggest difference in this game was Danny Green going 6-7 at that point for, uh, from three. There was a great moment. So he was 6-7 in the third quarter. I Across the game, till the point in the third quarter. He was 6 of 7. The rest of the Sixers were 2 for 11. And literally everybody else in the game was 6 of 30. Well, Danny Green was 6 of 7. That is incredible. But 
So the Heat get right back in it. Jimmy Butler's cooking. He's got 14 points in the third quarter. They're only down three going into the fourth quarter. That's right. They're only down three going into the fourth. You're like, fuck, Heat have got them right where they want them. And then Philly just went, oh, yeah, nah. Nah, let's just win this one, eh? And that's what happened. Like, the Sixers got enough from Maxi, uh, And the Heat, it felt like they combusted under PJ Tucker just getting all up in his own shit. You know, he's up in his head. He's complaining about calls. He's trying to fight Tobias Harrison. He's trying to fight Ozzy Matty T, trying to fight refs up and just doing dumb shit. And then just go, why is it? It's like the fucking Bloodhound Gang song, right? Why is everybody always picking on me? Because you look like motherfucking PJ, PJ Tucker. That's why. Look at you. You're going to get picked on. And uh, Maxi was just doing enough. Uh, They had two points in the fourth quarter to the Heat. With seven minutes left. They were 0 of 7 and 0 of 5 from downtown. They'd scored two points in five minutes. Danny Green hits his 7-3, and that was about it. Like, Maxi was incredible in the second half. He had 21 points. Look, uh, I sort of talked about this going into the series and then across the games. There's going to be one game where the Heat offense just falls apart. And it might be when you bring Kyle Lowry back and you get everybody sort of reestablished into different roles. And bang, that's what happened in this one, right? They're a team that have got weapons everywhere. I'd love talking about the Miami Heat Mosquito Fleet, you know? Gabe Vincent, Struess, there goes my Tyler Hero. Big booty car, Larry. And of course, you know, uh, I'd like to have a beer with Duncan Robinson, who's getting paid to sit on the bench. Uh, 80 million bucks to sit on the bench. Not a bad gig, uh, but Victor Oladipo, etc., and they just couldn't hit anything today. And, like, Lowry's been, like, a weird lodestone sometimes, right? Like, sometimes you're kind of like looking at it going, they go as he goes. But oftentimes you're like, shit, maybe they're just better just giving more minutes to Hero and Vincent and Oladipo. But, look, flip side, Heat were going to have one game where they stunk it up and couldn't hit a shot. And Philly were going to have one game where they look good and put up a fight. And I feel like this was it, obviously, like... If Philly's D can just hold Miami to, like, shooting 37% for the rest of the series, they'll be fine, right? <laughs> Seriously, Miami had 17 points in each of the first two quarters and then 14 points in the fourth quarter. They had 31 in the third. <laughs> like, that is fucking chaos, right? Because it was. It was absolutely chaos. And, like, that was where Butler sort of got going. And the biggest problem was, like, Bam really struggled on offense. He had nine points, five fouls in 34 minutes. Embiid just ate his lunch. Butts was the only stub- starter in double figures. That's how bad this went for the Heat. 33 for him. He had nine rebounds. It was awesome. But again, just one of those ones where you're like, you just need, <laughs> like, a rising tide lifts all boats. And nobody else got lifted up. Struess had nine points. All of his field goal attempts were from downtown. And uh, Maxi Struess, he went out and saved the day because he shot... <laughs> Yeah, he shot 311. On you, Maxi. You love to see it. Just helping everybody out. Uh, hero couldn't buy a bucket. There goes my Tyler Hero. I need a hero. 5 of 15 for his 14 points. Waterloo Depot turned back into a uh, Victor Oladipo spud. 2 of 5 for 6 points. Deadman was okay, but Vincent 0 of 2 and 15. And they just had nothing. Um, and I do feel like the PJ Tucker, like, I can't believe everything's going against me. It's like, yeah, you're just kind of trying to start fights with everybody, PJ. And everybody thinks you're a dick and you're in Philly and they all fucking hate you anyway. Just 
deep breath, <laughs> roll back into your like game, and you'll be fine. But no, nah, it felt like a completely discombobulated Philly in that game. But uh, the Heat, rather, in that game, which is very strange. But I think this is the big thing. Like, Lowry stinking in his return wasn't a big surprise. Uh, I mean, you miss with a hammy, no matter how minor. Getting back into a groove in the middle of a fucking playoff series is always going to be a bit weird. And we see this time and time again, right? Like, the star comes back. Expectations are sky high. But everybody has to recalibrate. And boom, they struggle. Uh, the Sixers, meanwhile, did not struggle. Seven of nine from downtown for Danny Green. He goes for 21 points. That's literally the difference in the game. Uh, 16 of 33 from downtown, the Sixers shot. That's fucking insane. Tyrese Maxey had 21 and six. He shot 7 11. Uh, James Harden, more like James Soften, 17 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Oh, Jimmy, that's not bad. He shot four of 11 and one of seven on threes. There were a couple of moments where he got to the cup. And you're like, hey, I remember that guy. That's old James Harden. And then the second half happened, and you're like, aha, it's still old James Harden because he's actually just old. He's the oldest 32-year-old I've ever fucking seen. And I'm from Ballarat, (laughs) right? There's some fucking old 32-year-olds in Ballarat, I'll tell you that much. So this motherfucker looks like he's 32. It's like, that son of a bitch looks like he's 58. Like dudes I went to high school with. <laughs> what the fuck? You're not a granddad. Anyway, wild scenes. Harden. But the thing was, like, Harden, maybe this is like their uh, their vibe. Maxi just scored nothing in the first half, and Harden uh, stepped up. Maxi goes off in the second half. Maybe between Harden and Maxi, you have an actual Max player, an actual superstar. And when you have, speaking of lodestones, Joel and Beat, 18 and 11. Four turnovers, 5 of 12 shooting. Not a great game. He didn't play that well, but he changes the entire ecosystem in which the Sixers operate, right? He's not DeAndre Jordan. He can do things like move and play basketball. He's not even like, you know, basketball Paul because he's not fouling every two fucking seconds. So when B goes out there, changes the entire geometry of the fucking court for the Sixers, suddenly Danny Green is hitting a million threes. Niang and Shake hit a couple of threes each. Uh, Tobias Harris has a bit of a quiet one, but it does mean that Harden and Maxi have that little bit more room to play with. And it gets a little bit easier. And that's exactly what the difference was, I thought. So with this one, on one hand, you've got Lowry coming back for the heat, where you've got a primary ball handler, and you're shifting around the starting lineup, you're moving dudes, and it just gets a bit wonkier. Whereas the Sixers bring, in, bring back their superstar with a busted face... Wearing a fucking Batman face mask. And it opened it up. That's the weird aspect of that game. Uh, Matty T, bit of a rough one for him. But anyway, uh, I'll talk about that in later. But look, so the Sixers run away with this in their first game at home. Oh, the series doesn't start until someone loses at home. Well, the series started. That's a silly thing to say. Because we're three games in. So the series has started. <laughs> we have learned some things. And I'll tell you what I learned. Joel Embiid is very important to what the Sixers do. We should all know that. But he comes back, even a reduced version of Embiid was like wildly important to this uh, Sixers team. Harden, awesome in the first half. Maxi, awesome in the second half. Embiid just in the middle, making shit different. Huge difference. We knew this was coming though. Sixers would have one game with the hit shots. It was going to be at home. Heat. 
They're going to have one game where they struggle defensively. We saw it against Atlanta. We've seen it time and time again this season. They just have these weird fuck you games where you're like, hey, I thought they were smarter and better than this, but here we are. Uh, so the Heat are up 2-1. And I tell you what, I think that might be the one game that the Sixers win. So anyway, <clears throat> second game of Saturday, Dallas beat Phoenix Suns. That's right, they did. They pulled it off. Good on them. And my God, it was a weird game, right? So rough start for the Mavs. I think they had three points in the first four minutes of the game, but then they got rolling. They had, I think they scored their second bucket when Luca was laying on the ground Flips up just an insane pass to like a rolling, cutting Reggie uh, Bullock. Sniper alert. Bang. Nice dunk. And this was like the key to pretty much everything Dallas did. You had Jalen Brunson being put in pick and rolls time and time and time again after in the first two games, which they both lost. They'd barely gone with that at all. And Luca sharing the ball handling duties way more with Brunson meant that they were moving the ball more and they were getting better looks. What a surprise! Yeah, no shit. The craziest part was, <coughs> I think Lucas started off 1-7 and seven, and he had five assists, though. You know, the part that was probably the most befuddling, though, Chris Paul had seven turnovers in the first half. Chris Paul! It was absolutely chaos. The Mavs were up 14 after Finney Smith hit a three. And this was like this kind of weird, weird, weird game where... In the first half, you're like, here we go. The Mavs might be able to uh, just run away with this. They're at 14 at one point early. Like, Finney Smith hit a three. But then Chris Paul just goes, all right, fuck you. Hits a little elbow jumper, then he hits a three. And uh, they could never eke out sort of just enough to run away with it because that's the Suns. You'd have a 10-point lead. you give up an open three. Boom, committed bad turnover. And that's it. Like, the Mavs are only up seven and a half. It should have been 15. Same as Heat Sixers, actually. Like, the Sixers let them hang around and sort of screwed themselves, but they, you know, put the hammer down in the second half. But then the Mavs soldiered on through the third. They had, an eight, I think, an eight-zip run to open up, and it was that 15-point gap that they needed. And you're like, hello, that's exactly what I told you you needed 15 points. And even then, it was just kind of this strange mix of, because they were super small, like, Luka got in foul trouble. Uh but it kind of even opened up their offense a little bit more. It's like sort of a weird thing with the, like flip side from the Embiid thing in the Sixers series where Luka goes out and they're just like really, really, really small with Brunson, Dinwiddie, where they're just fanging the ball around. Like it was very, very cool. Like, I don't know, they kept it up. There's the McGee and Crowder lineups for the Suns and the Mavs, there was never the grind to a halt offense that we've seen them have happen at times. They just managed to manufacture good looks time and time again, playing super small, and it was good. Kleber was playing out of his ass. Brunson was awesome, and they keep it at 15 going to the fourth, and it's back and forth early in the fourth quarter. Like, McGee was, like, just fucking dunking on everybody. He was keeping the Suns in it, and uh, Luca has a point where CP3 just, like, ripped the ball away from him as Luca's trying to do the rip-through move, the old Chris Paul. And CP3's like, ah, not on my watch, dickhead. Boom! Uh, Luca picks up his fifth uh, foul, which I'll tell you what, <laughs> was not smart. And you've got to be sitting there going, I don't know, I feel like you should challenge that. Makes a big difference. Uh, Booker hits a three. It goes down from a 17-point game where you feel like the Mavs are going to roll from it. So it's a 14-point game, and it's only seven and a half minutes left. And you're like, oh, shit. 
Here come the Suns. And then, of course, bang, CP3 hits a jumper. It's a 12-point game. Seven minutes left, it felt like nothing. 12 points in seven minutes for the Suns. You're like, the goggles, the goggles, they do nothing kind of vibes. But then uh, I think there's a moment where Reggie Bullock, they get an offensive board. It gets tapped out uh, and end of the shot clock uh, after the O-board. So, the you know, the clock resets, 14. Reggie Bullock lands in his hands. Nails a three. Five and a bit minutes to go. They're back up 15. You're like, oh, God. The Mavs now might have this. But then they give up two easy buckets. Brunson, though. And this is why he's going to pop up again in a second because he just scores this insanely tough in the paint, throw it high off the glass bucket, and it's just a nice little settler. Despite, like, Chris Paul answering with the triple and Bridges scoring after that, but there's only a minute left at this point, right? Like They've successfully just negotiated and navigated through like the last four minutes of a game. And uh, at one point, Luca finds Bullock for another three. They're back up 11 with a minute to go. <laughs> and Mavs fans are like, oh God, I think we're okay. And they were. So they just out-executed. And I think the best part for the Mavs fans' perspective, they moved the ball. This is what was such a fucking struggle, I think, in the first two games. You can key on a Luca, and you can ruin him on defense, obviously. Uh, because you're making him work that much harder on offense because he's going one-on-one time and time again. This time they would put Brunson in a shit ton of pick and rolls, gave him way better looks, and just manufactured that, and they kept that rolling for everybody. Helped that Bullock and Cleaver and Finney Smith all hit threes. And even though Spencer didn't when he struggled, it was all right. So Suns, Booker, look, this is this flip side. Like, they couldn't really get too much going. Booker has 18 and 6. We have 5 turnovers. CB3 has 7 turnovers. He only has 12 points. Like, the fact that Bullock, Kleber, and Finney-Smith all outscored CP3 by themselves, like, yeah, you're going to win that game with the Mavs, right? Uh, Crowder, he had a really good game. 5-8 from downtown. He had 19. 16 and 8, 11 for Aiton. But really, <coughs> it was the Cams. 0-4 for campaign. Cam Johnson, 1-4. JaVale, he had 8-7, and 7, but, I mean, that's perfect JaVale or Junk Buckets vibes. Uh, and Michael Bridges, just, you need that one big pop-off game from him. Keep an eye on him for game four. I'm just saying 12, 6, and 2, 5 of 14 shooting. Luca, meanwhile, from the Mavs, he had 26, 13, and 9. Just a really good in control game by Luca. And considering he started off, what did I say, 1 of 7, he ends up 11 of 25 shooting overall. Brunson had 28, 5, and 4. That was masterful. He was absolutely incredible. Bullock, sniper alert, 15 points, 3 steals, 4 of 10 from 3. Max Schickleber, hello. Had 14, 3, and 4. Had a dunk at one point. He had a mid-range jump, and you're like, watch out. Maxie's feeling it. Oh, yeah, it's just Maxie. <laughs> Finney Smith goes 5 of 15, but he hit 4 of 11 from 3, which is pretty gnarly. Uh, 14 points, 3 steals for him. Spencer Dinwiddie really struggled, 2 of 7. And I don't know if there's a dude out there that has more of a pained expression, just like, why is this entire world against me than Spencer Dinwiddie when he gets called for a foul? I don't know if he actually gets any fouls going his way, which is pretty fun, but... Either way, 4-4-4 four, four, four for him on 2-7 shooting. Phoenix still up 2-1, but the Mavs are in this series. Now, I think the most important part of this for the Mavs is they've just proven that they can make moves to keep up with the Suns and their defense. When you just throw giant fucking dudes who can stay with Chris Paul, you can limit his impact on the game. Or at least make him think about this and everything he does a little bit more. And that's where you saw the seven turnovers come from. And the fact that they had Bullock, 
and Finney Smith and like just bigger, longer dudes throwing and rotating across CP3. It was massive. So Mavs, got to feel good about that one. <clears throat> Next game is going to be incredible though. So 2-1 Phoenix. And uh, now, well, let's Saturday's games. Let's take a quick break so I can catch my breath. Fucking Coco just ruined you, mate. And uh, we'll do today's games. Right after, let's say this one. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Oh, God. Throat is killing me. Ah, what do we got? We got Milwaukee A hosting Boston today. Game three. Unbelievable game. 103. The Bucks win it. 101. Oh, geez, Jimmy, that sounds a bit close. Was it a close game? Yes. Very clearly. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, the bitching and moaning from the Celtics and the Celtics fans are pretty funny about the refs. Uh, I think the Marcus Smart foul at the end. You can sort of interpret it any way that you want. Was he in his shooting motion? He left the ground. Was he shooting it? I don't know. Tricky one. But either way, it was tight as hell all the way through the first half. It was pretty chippy as well. It was just like a lot of fucking flopping. My God. Uh, Giannis was stamping himself on the game early. I just felt like he's everywhere. And this is one of those things where you go, this dude was ceding territory to Chris Middleton as like, you know, the alpha in the playoff rounds and everyone's like geez is Giannis just actually the world's greatest Robin uh Giannis is now just like uh fuck that I'm actually the best player in the NBA shut up um thing was Boston were up at the half because they ran off a seven zip run right at the end this was back and forth all the way through the first half average Al Horford was looking good Jalen Brown was looking really really nice Grant Williams hits a big three right at the end of the first half and then uh Boston were like, all right, cool. I think we're fuck, we're in this. We're up seven. It didn't feel like either team had sort of figured it out, you know, too much of the other team. Besides the Bucks going, right, what we're going to do is we're going to throw Wes Matthews at Jason Tatum and just make his life fucking hell. It's time after time we're going to ruin his shit. Like, Blopez was really good for the Bucks, and it's like very much like the Bucks are going, right, we're going to start Grayson Allen. Portis is back on the bench. We've got Blopez now. We're all good. And it's helped Blopez because he can do a little bit on O. Defensively, he was pretty handy. Giannis is filling all the gaps. Without Middleton, it's crazy that Milwaukee's still this good. I just, I'm stunned by it. But the third quarter, they just then just fucking rolled. They're up 10, up 11. At the end of the third, they're up 14 because Drew Holiday just knocks in a massive, massive three. But then the Celtics... That's how I think this is a testament to the resilience of this Celtics team now. And one that they didn't really have in the first half of the season. Like, with all that physical play, with Tatum being taken out of it, Jalen Brown and Average Al Horford just stepped up and went, I don't give a fuck. Al played the game of his fucking life. It was incredible. Halfway through the fourth quarter, after being down 14, they'd fought all the way back into it. And, like, Grant Williams is out there blocking Giannis. There's heaps of physical play. Grant Williams, I think, the biggest... Sort of moment almost for him. He didn't have a great offensive game, but picking up his fifth foul might have been the worst part of this game for the Celtics. And there was a couple of empty trips, bad fouls for the Bucks. The Celtics were right there. <laughs> and it's like, oh shit. It's 
tied it up, leading. Here we go. I think the biggest moment until right at the end was, I think there was about three minutes to go. There's like a little Giannis spin move and floater in the paint over all the defenders that keeps them, uh, gives them the lead and keeps it. But the Celtics, though, they just don't score like in the last three minutes apart from Jalen Brown's free throws and then Marcus Smart's one right at the end. They take the lead back, though, the Celtics, though, because of Jalen Brown's free throws. And Brown misses a three. Smart misses a three. In the last minute, we've got Giannis with a finger roll that gets them back up 101-100. The Bucks are like, oh, yes, we do, <laughs> in fact, have the best goddamn player in the NBA. And there's just a really strange, 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 like, you know, the missed shots at the end, whatever. Giroux Holiday with the flip shot after losing the ball and Tatum going down and there's no call. You're like, yeah, that's probably the right decision. Like Giroux maybe kind of like has his body there, but he's actually sort of spinning away from him as Tatum like throws himself backwards like, oh, God. And then Drew flips it up and in. And the Bucks are up three. And Smart draws the three-point shooting failure. You're like, oh, fuck. Really? Really? But, of course, the refs called it on the floor. So it's only two shots because they're in the penalty. And he miss, uh, hits the first one, misses the second one because there's, like, less than five seconds left. <laughs> tip, tip, tip. Boom. Average L gets it in. <clears throat> but the shot clock has sounded... And still in his hand. Ah, So, what do they have? Three bites of the cherry at the end of that. The Celtics to tip it up and in. Smart gets his own rebound of his missed free throw. It's like, I don't know. We should look at that pretty carefully. But he did hit the rim. It was pretty good. Throws it up, misses. Time Lord misses. Gets another tip, misses. Al gets it. Throws it up. Goes in. Too late. Tough one for the Celtics. Look, they shot 9 of 33 from downtown. Jalen Brown was awesome. He had 27, 12, and 4. One of five on threes. Tatum shot four of 19. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, but just was not his game. And the weird thing is, like, when he's not great on offense, his defense sort of seems to struggle a lot too, which is always a bit weird. <coughs> but, I mean, it's not that weird because if you're not feeling it on one end, it's really easy to say, oh, well, I'll just lock in on defense. And then suddenly it just feels like everything cascades a bit on you, doesn't it? Uh, but Tatum, 10 points, three turnovers. Whew. He had as many blocks. I think he had four blocks. as uh, Made field goals in this one. Four of 19, four blocks. Uh, that was saved that Al Horford was just like, all right, fuck it. I'll be like 2015 Al Horford. <laughs> it was incredible. This dude was cooked two years ago. And he just dropped 22, 16, and 5 in the playoffs. He shot 4 of 7 from deep. Looked like at least 31-year-old Al Horford. That was incredible. Uh, the tough part was Marcus Smart... Couldn't hit a shot. Nine points for him. Three turnovers. This is the thing. Again, you come back from an injury. You're a bit dinged up. Got to hit some shots. Derek White, 14 points. Two of three from deep. A lot of that damage was done at the free throw line. Grant Williams couldn't hit a shot either. Two of nine. One of six from three. The only three that he hit was that one right at the end of the first half. Nine points, three blocks. Time Lord had eight points at the very, very start of the game. And two points the rest of the way. He was really good, though. I feel like across the rest of the game. Uh... Pritchard goes 0-3 in his 11 minutes. Time Lord's stat line was like 10 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. It's just fill it up, son. But either way, just not quite enough there with Tatum struggling. Giannis had 42-12-8 because he's just insane. Shot 16-30. Giroux had 25 points, 7 rebounds, shot 11-30, 4 of 
three of ten oh, on threes <laughs> and no free throws. Unbelievable. 13 and 10 for Blopez. As I mentioned earlier that he sort of just ha- happened to happily fill in the gaps. Porter said 9, 7, 1, 1, 1, 1. Paddy Connaughton, 11 and 8 with 3 of 8 from downtown. Georgie Hill looked a bit lost out there. Grace Nellon, 0 of 3 in 25 minutes. But Giannis just did everything. Giannis and Giroux shooting over 30 times each. Well, 30 times each was just fucking exactly what the Bucks needed to do. And the weirdest part was the Celtics are going to bitch and moan about the refs. They also shot double the amount of free throws in the Bucks, 34 to 17. And 17 free throws to zero for Milwaukee over the last 16 minutes of the game. They shot no free throws in the last quarter, Milwaukee. Do you reckon Adam Silver wants the Boston Celtics in the goddamn finals, bro? Yes. Anyway, but my, look, Milwaukee, lead 2-1. This series is going to be an absolute fucking grind. It also felt like Boston basically won that game after being behind for most of the second half, right? Which hurts and hurts and hurts. But when you're behind for most of the game, and then you still look like you get ahead right at the end, but you still lose it, <coughs> I think that more says that it's like, yeah, we can compete. On their court, we're still right in these games, fuck it. Rather than the sort of game where you're ahead, you're ahead, you're ahead, and then you lose it. So I'll take this one. So Milwaukee 2-1. This series is fucking alive. It's going to go 7, isn't it? I love it. And then the last game of the weekend, Golden State beat the shit out of Memphis. 142-112. Despite an insane start by the Grizz, where they hit, what, six threes in the first quarter, seven turnovers to the Warriors in the first quarter alone. So the Grizz finally remembered how to shoot threes, but the craziest part was they're up 13 early in the first quarter, and then they're only up two after the quarter was done. And then the Warriors went, oh, that was cute. Watch this. (laughs) Clay. (laughs) Oh, God. Clay and Steph in the second half just went bang. Um, Yeah, like the Warriors is basically in the second quarter as well. Like they just kicked it into gear, upset. Like they they were shooting 70% through this bit. They're up 12, the Warriors. Um, But at the same time, like the Warriors should have been up way more because that second quarter, Jar gets an insane layout before the half. Then Draymond turns it over and he, uh, Jar gets the inbounds and nails a half court three, which was insane. But this was it. Like the Warriors shot 70% from the floor, six of 10 from downtown. And they're only up seven to the half. There should have been at least 15. That's the same as like three of the other games on this weekend. Uh, the funny part was, that then they were. Same as Dallas the day before. Like coming out of the uh, half, Clay hits two threes. Steph hits some free throws. An 8-0 run in the first minute of the third quarter. Taylor Jenks is like, what the fuck? Come on! <clears throat> and it's a 15-point game. And this is the difference between Golden State and I feel like Everybody else apart from probably Phoenix. Uh, You get up, and they just fucking shut the door. They've got all the offensive weapons just clicking all at once. Steph's hitting everything. Clay's hitting everything. Pulls everything. They get up to 19. Steph has barely missed to this point. They get up to 21. The Warriors are just moving the ball. Clay's hitting a one-legged three. My favorite point was, you're just looking at this, it's the third quarter. And the Warriors already had 87 with six minutes to go. Halfway through the quarter, they had 87. They end up with 101 after three quarters. They're up 21. They roll from there. <coughs> Even slow-mo Kyle Anderson gets kicked out. But Jar Morant hurts his knee late. Uh, you obviously see the slow-mo camera angles of like Jar going for the ball. Jordan Poole grabbing around and like grabbing his knee. 
I don't know if it's intentional. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But he leaves the game. He's a bit upset. He's out there on the bus tweeting already. But the Grizzly, yeah, 34-3-7. and uh, Bain looks substantially better than he did in the first couple of games. Uh, he goes 4-7 on threes. The rest of the Grizz, though, fell by the wayside. They got nothing from Triple J. He shot 4-13, 4 of 8 from 3. And it was basically after the first you know quarter and a bit, the Grizzlies just couldn't hit a shot. Uh, 4 of 8 from 3 for Triple J, but that was it. Just nothing else. Brandon Clark after the half, same thing. Like 17 minutes, he had 4 and 2. Zaya Williams is limited. shot 3 of 8. DeAnthony Melton goes 3 of 10. Tillman hit a 3, but he had 5 points. Tyus Jones was just MIA. And uh, this was like definitely one of those games where you go, cool. Yeah, maybe having Dylan Brooks uh, would have helped us a bit. <laughs> so, because uh, it feels like the weird game where Dylan Brooks goes, right, we're fucking in struggle town, man. Let me just shoot like 17 times and we'll see what happens. He's either going to go like 11 of 17 or like 4 of 17. But in a game where you get fucking straight killed. So he got straight killed. By 30. Like, who gives a fuck? But anyway, tough one for the Grizz, especially after the really good start. But it was incredible how, like, the worm turned, right? Like, they were hitting threes, Memphis. They're feeling good. And up 13 in the first quarter. And then you're only up two. And then the Warriors go, all right, we're going to stop fucking around now. And then the game was over. So... For the Warriors, Steph Clay and Poole did all the damage. Wiggins, Cumbucket, Otto Porter were just really good as well. And when the Warriors are just like, guess what? We're going to shoot like 65% for the game. There's not too much you can do about it. 63% they end up shooting. 53% from downtown. Unbelievable game. Steph has 30. And it's weird because it's like for all the amazing shooting, he went 7 to 14, only 2 of 8 from 3. He did go 14 to 14 in the line. But either way, Clay 21, 9 and 4. He goes 4 of 6 on threes. Poole, 11 of 17 for him, Twenty-one, uh, 27 points. Wigo, that's right, Maple. Jordan, Air Canada, 17 points. Come bucket. Jonathan Kaminga got the start. Played 18 minutes. He had 18 points. He was unreal. He's going to pop up again in a second. Nato, I like to get Blato Porter. He was really good. 13 points. Two blocks worked his ass off. 24 really good minutes from Otto Porter. Uh, Looney was handy with the 6-3-3. And, <laughs> and I mean, holy shit, Draymond. He was a plus 19, 27 minutes. He had 5-5-8. Five, five and eight. and the Warriors just ran over the top of them. Uh, so Warriors are up 2-1. I picked Memphis in this one. You knew one of these games in uh, Golden State was going to be a fuck you shooting just explosion for the Warriors. I thought it would be a get-right game four where we see the Memphis Grizzlies get up 2-1. Suddenly they've, you know, stolen home court back. And the Warriors come out and blast them in game four. But nope, the Warriors decided to just fuck that off <laughs> and circumvent it right there and go up 2-1 themselves and uh, shoot the shit out of it. So seriously, 63% and 53% from downtown. What a game. And uh, there was an interesting moment, I think. Uh, I think I tweeted about this as well. So the Warriors make 84 shots, right? They only take... Oh, they take 84 shots. 32 of them are from three. And you have that stupid moment of every broadcast where some fucking moron goes, Oh, you see, the the mid-range isn't dead, is it? The art of the mid-range. Oh, it's a lost art, isn't it? And then it's like, no. They're not shooting mid-ranges to shoot fucking 70%. I think I looked it up and they'd taken four shots outside the paint that weren't threes. It's like, I don't think... 
They've dropped 87 points through three quarters. <coughs> Two and a half quarters because of all the mid-rangers they're hitting. And Mike Breen's like, no, 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 actually, no, you're right. It's a lot of layups and it's a lot of shots in the paint. It's like, yeah, that's how you score a lot and very effectively. And that's exactly what the Warriors did today. Right, so let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> that's not a knife. That's a knife. Ah, uh, Giannis. Uh, the 42-12-8. What a game. The craziest part is it's, I think, more impressive uh, from what I sort of talked about earlier, right? Like how Chris Middleton is usually the go-to guy. Uh, when the going gets tough, it's like, fuck it. Uh, we need someone who can actually hit a jump shot. And uh, Giannis is now just like, eh, jump shots are cute. How about I just drive into like eight dudes, knock them over, and have like a sweet George Gervin finger roll into the bucket. Does that sound good? Because I feel like it's good. That spin move and floater that he dropped, as I mentioned, with like three minutes to go, was absolutely fucking spectacular. But what a game. He was immense. And this is just such a fucking throw your dick on the table and go, yeah, what do you reckon about that kind of game? Uh, despite the refs, despite the Celtics bitching and moaning, despite the weird fuckery of all the refing in this game on both sides, Yana uh, still just stood up and just kicked some ass and took some names. 42-12-8, shot 16-30, a couple of steals, a couple of blocks, lit this shit on fire. And you love to see it. And... The other knives, I'm going to give one to uh, Luca, 26, 13, and 9. Uh, that combo of Steph, Clay, and Poole to go out and drop, I think it was like 78 points between them, was unbelievable. And the shooting just through the roof. But I mentioned this at the top uh, during the Mavs one. Jalen Brunson, what a bounce back. It's maybe that he realized how much money he was losing by not having you know good games in the uh, first two. But 28, 5, and 4. That's 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Shot two, 10 at 21 and 1 of 5 from 3. But I think it was just the control that he exhibited in this game. It was a big part of the flow. It was a big part of the way that the Mavs just kept moving the ball and finding open looks. And it's not exactly like, oh, right, we'll find open shooters all the time. It's just keep the ball moving. Just get that Suns defense out on a string a little bit. Make it work a bit more rather than just going, all right, there's Luca. Let's key on him. And uh, they're going to do some weird off-ball shit, but not too much of it. And we know what we're going to do. <coughs> Meanwhile, you got Brunson. It's like, right, let's go on some weird pick and rolls. We'll do some weird side stuff as well with Luca. Oh, shit. What's happening? I don't know. He's just so important to what the Mavs do. And goddamn, it was good to see him bounce back and have a really good game. The big challenge is going to be, you know, doing it again. But 28-5-4 and four for Brunson. He, Giannis, Ja, Luca, Steph. Love it. They're all some NBA Australia approved performances of the weekend. How about Spud of the Night? Spud, 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 of the Night. Spuds of the Night. Tyus Jones, hour five today. 13 minutes. And this is kind of the tough one, right? Like going into Golden State, you need your role players to step up. You need Tyus Jones to go not 0 of 2 from 3, but 2 of 2. Uh, to have more than two points, basically. Uh, Grayson Allen, 0-3 oh, in 25 minutes. He had four rebounds, four assists, and three points. Marcus Smart goes one of eight. Oh, it's tough. One of four from downtown. Six of eight at the free throw line, which saved him. One of, of course, of which was a uh, on-purpose miss. Um, nine points, two rebounds, two assists. 
the shooting, it's not one of those ones you go, oh, it's Marcus Smart from the first half of this season. It's like, yeah, he's obviously fucking hurt. It's a bit tougher. Uh, but two big names, Kyle Lowry, big Buddha Kyle Lowry and Jason Tatum. Uh, Kyle Lowry, it's just tough to come back into a team, obviously, mid-playoffs. But I don't know, it's felt weird for Kyle Lowry for a long time on this team. And he hasn't had that sort of desired effect, right? They look just much more cohesive and weirdly, like, much more dangerous because without him out there because he just he's not hitting threes. Um, he's His defense is all right, but he's just that step slow. Whereas if you have, like, all their younger dudes out there, they just the heat just feel much more up and about and much more dangerous. But look, Kyle Lowry could turn around and hit a bunch of shots tomorrow and uh, they'll be fine. And I've got a feeling he will because heart of a champion and all that, but a bit of a spud one last night for uh, big booty Kyle Lowry. And Jason Tatum, obviously, today. 4 of 19. Wes Matthews held him to 0 of 10 as the primary defender today, which is absolutely fucking psycho. Seriously, 0 of 10. The weirdest part was, so we're anointing Jason Tatum as a top 5, top 10 dude after the first round against the Nets where he goes toe-to-toe with uh, KD. And then we uh, run into the Bucks, And Jason Tatum's wearing, he's uh, basically out there shooting 35% from the floor against the Bucks in these three games so far. And in his career, in 15 games against the Bucks, that holds true. 15 points, 6 rebounds and 3 assists on 37% shooting in 15 games against them in his career in the playoffs. That is chaos. Absolute chaos. Anyway, so Tatum, bit of a spot on that one. Got to fix that. Tell you what. All right, who's old mate? No mates. Old mate, no mate. 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 Who's got no mates today? Well, Drew Holiday, I mentioned that, right? Like, uh, no free throw attempts in the th- and taking 30 field goal attempts. is absolutely chaos. Uh, it was then pointed out that Drew taking 30 shots and zero free throws is the most in a playoff game since Patrick Ewing in 1993... And it's the second most all-time with Wally Jones in 19 diggity eight. Jesus. What is, like, Giroux, I feel like, there was a couple of times during that game, well, that's probably a foul. But Giroux Holiday, it's not like he's a shit bloke that all the refs fucking hate. I'm looking at you, Patrick Beverly. I'm looking at you, Draymond Green. Drew Holiday is widely regarded as, like, one of the chillest dudes out there. And everyone fucking loves him. How are the refs just like, nah, man, no free throws for you today, man. How do you take 30 shots and not get fouled on any of them? That's definitely some old mate, no mates vibe. Uh, and CP3's birthday yesterday. I enjoyed the fact that the uh, announcing crew was like, man, it's CP3's birthday. And it's like, yeah, he's 37. We get it. If you spent your 37th birthday being fucking hounded by Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith, I'm like, seriously, man, Like, this is fucking the worst birthday ever. <laughs> this sucks. How is that as well? It's like, your birthday, hooray! Also, we're going to fucking ruin your shit on your birthday. It's definitely some old mate, no mates from the Mavs for Chris Paul. Uh, pantsing of the night. Very fat, 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 very, very fat, fat. Uh, two easy ones pop out for me. Tatum went absolutely fucking detonation on Giannis today. Um... And was like, you know, a little bit of a moment. You're like, here we go. Tatum stepping up to Giannis, and then the rest of the game just fell apart. 
And the other obvious one was Chris Paul ripping the ball away from Luca as Luca tried to do the Chris Paul rip through on Chris Paul. And Chris Paul said, no, dickhead. <laughs> Just, what are you doing? Yoink. <laughs> I'm taking it. Better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Obviously, Jordan Poole uh, is going to be getting a mention on the old better than Lonzo Ball because, again, today, 27 points, 11 to 17 shooting, 3 of 5 from downtown. He was awesome. And uh, gave you a little bit of something-something. He was only, what, it's not like he's just out there bombing away on threes. I mean, that's 12 shots that weren't threes. He got to the rack time and time again. He was really good. But how about Cumbucket? Come on. Let's give Cumbucket a bit of shine there. Jonathan Kaminga, he became the youngest player to start an NBA playoff game in 51 years, and he had 18 points on 8 of 10 shooting in 18 minutes. He had 4,000 that time as well, but he had two rebounds and assists, four turnovers. But Jesus, come bucket. Good on you, mate. And finally, Dickhead of the Weekend. Dickhead of the Week. And uh, it's probably going to be Paul, but it's probably going to be more about the people going, Oh, Jordan Paul's dirty. Look at him grabbing Jabaret's leg. Oh, Jesus, humanity. First you've got Dylan Brooks, and now you've got Jordan Paul. Would somebody please think of the children? Settle down. Jesus. Uh, and I'm just like, I feel like we're focusing a lot on all this extraneous bullshit rather than like the actual game that happened. But a uh, bit weird, bit weird. Uh, but dickhead of the weekend. I also want to give this to um, Jeff Van Gundy for uh, a suggestion we're going to talk about, about the swiping block should be a tech foul just for attempting it. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a second in year Nas, but that's just fucking dickhead territories. And also, I don't know what it is about Americans, but they feel so fucking... like. It's like they just became aware of Formula One the other day, right? And every American is now just seemingly beholden to try to mention how much they're into F1 and, like, cram in some references to cars or F1 or pit stops. And I get in the Miami Grand Prix tomorrow, but Jesus, that was some pretty fucking just ham-fisted shit. LeBron James is the Lewis Hamilton of the NBA. All right. All right. Lewis has won a shit ton of world championships. LeBron's got four. So slow down a bit. <laughs> Fucking hell. Just saying. <clears throat> anyway, at the same time, that's not too bad because if you think of uh, Shumi as the goat, like MJ, a lot of success in the 90s. <laughs> Off we go. Anyway, uh, and a bit of a legend of the week, uh, Giannis. I enjoyed his moments. Like, how much does it cost if I say something about the rest? Is uh, 20000 Yeah, that's all the money. Uh, shall, I shall not do it. I'll save my money. I've got to pay for diapers. <laughs> that's very smart, Yana. Very smart. Right, I'll do some really quick yeah, nahs, flang through the rest of the show and get out of here. And uh, right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys. This is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, 
Let's do some ENRs. Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. And you can get it through our socials. Just click on the images, etc. Go have a look. Or just go to nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Buy yourself a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. Boom. It's got the great NBA Australia logo on there. Boom. Off you go. Right. Some ENRs. Number one. Was that a shooting foul on Giroud when he took on Marcus Smart at the end of their ENR? Ugh. I still kind of, I think Hubie nailed it. He's like, it's basically the rip through that Marcus is trying to do, right? Like, Giroud was there, and Giroud sort of stopped him before he got to his shooting motion. And Marcus Smart tried the flail. <laughs> and I think that's where I've kind of landed. So I'm going to say, nah. It feels weird, but I mean, at the same time, probably should have been three in a different year. And it was weird that the refs choose this exact time to go, nah, look, that rule that we've sort of been uh, enforcing on the on and off <laughs> all season, yeah, we're going to enforce it now. So I think it's a bit fucky, yeah. But I don't know if it's a shooting foul. Uh, was the Jordan Poole grabbed his knee thing dirty on Ja Morant? Yeah, nah. Ugh. I think if you don't watch it in fucking super slow-mo, Poole's kind of just grabbing at it, grabs his knee and tries to move it back. I don't know. I don't think it was an intentional I'm trying to hurt you moment. At the same time, like pushing somebody in the back and pulling on their leg is some pretty just, you know, shitheady, dodgy basketball stuff, but it's also what happened. So it's probably not the spirit of the game. <laughs> I don't know if he broke the code like Ja Morant tweeted out, which was gnarly. I also don't think he was intentionally trying to hurt Morant though, so I don't know how dirty it was. Yeah. I am Matty S. Yeah, nah, the punishment should mirror the crime. Dylan Brooks should be suspended until the mitten can play again. Hashtag dog act. Yeah, nah. Ugh. I think the punishment should mirror <coughs> the crime vibe is good when it's the Joker, Markeith Morris, off the ball punch on shit. Like if you hit a guy and, uh, you know, break his jaw, you've got to sit out as long as his jaw needs to take to heal. Or you shove some from behind, fucking hurt their neck, hurt their back, etc., Dylan Brooks is ostensibly going towards the ball. <laughs> like, the ball is in his general vicinity. It's not exactly a play on the ball where he just whomps him over the head. And it's just kind of a shit one because, you know, you're going to hit somebody that hard, they're going to fall them. more than likely going to hurt themselves. I feel like that's a, uh, that's a halfer, right? For half as long as the mitten is out, Dylan Brooks is sitting. Because the ball was at least there, whereas the Joker Markeith one, if you're hitting somebody or something like that, I think that's uh, how that one should roll. But if it's uh, if the ball's near it and it's part of what's going on, maybe it's half, half the time. All right, Jez Oz, he says, hey, Big Cheese, Jeff Van Gundy is a flog. Yeah, nah, uh, to suggest a defensive action such as swiping as a swiping block should be banned because it might get someone hurt is just fucking ridiculous. How this short-sighted chair sniffer ever coached a successful team is beyond me. Yeah, nah, yeah, I agree with this one. And, like, I got genuinely angry listening to it. I'm like, I understand that broadcasters have to fill time. What I also understand is that there's a reason that Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy have not had coaching jobs for the better part of a decade because they're fucking dorks. (laughs) Like, holy shit. This is one of the dumber takes I've heard. Like, 
Like, where do you draw a line and swiping at the ball? So you just can't try to block some from someone from behind. What are the rules? Oh, he's not a fast break. You can't block it. So you just got to seed the basket. It doesn't even make sense. Like, you make a play on the ball. You're playing defense. Like, you're having a crack at the ball. That's literally the fundamentally de- at fundamental aspect of defense, right? Like, stop the ball going in. Just because someone's got a weird combo of af- athleticism and unco and they miss the ball and whomp somebody in their head. Like, yeah, it's a flagrant foul. Like, that's it. You're going to come out here with that shit, Jeff Van Gundy? What the fuck, man? I, for one, am seriously shocked that he and Mark Jackson just don't have coaching gigs. Jace, just shocked. Shocked. Anyway, uh, but that's just... I get that you're trying to say shit so that morons like me go, dude, what the fuck? But God damn, Jeff Van Gundy. It's dumb. It's like... At least when people go, oh, we should uh, ban taking charges. You can see that the the correlation between people getting hurt on both sides of the ball because someone's like sliding over. Like, I think there should be a rule about help defense sliding over and taking a charge. I think you should be able to take a charge man on man, but... uh, not if just someone's standing like outside the paint. <laughs> They've just slid over there from their defender. I think there's a bit of room for stuff there, but goddamn. Yeah, swiping at the ball. Oh, we should outlaw that. Yeah. We're trying to protect the head, trying to protect the player with the ball. I get it. But at the same time, they're making an attempt to stop the ball from going in the hoop. That's defense. What are we doing? Uh, last one. Are all these series now too close to accurately call? Yeah, nah. Nah, Miami in five. Uh, but other than that, yeah. I think the Mavs show that they can do things to um, keep up at least with Phoenix, if not mess them up. And their game four is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, Bucks Celtics, these games are just mental. Like, they could easily turn around and win this next game, Boston, and you wouldn't be surprised. Warriors-Grizz is a bit of an interesting one because, like, if Jar's hurt, like properly uh it's gonna get a bit weird and like even that said like 2-1 you did feel like the the Warriors were gonna drop one of these hammer games on them I as mentioned earlier thought it was gonna be game four but game three boom off you go the Grizzlies they've proven they can uh in the first two games can keep it really really close but their defense just needs to step up (laughs) and uh stop the Warriors from shooting the shit out of the ball just don't let them shoot 63% from the floor again. That's that's my coaching idea. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, Stephen Adams, should we be putting him back in? What do you reckon if you're the Grizzlies? I kind of think going away from what made your team super successful in the regular season, uh, sure it worked against the Wolves, but it's not exactly as though that completely unlocked like some next level of Grizzlies play, right? And yeah, they were really good in games one and two. Maybe the next change that they make is putting Steven Holmes back in there just to sort of give them a bit of a paint presence and let Jar, if Jar can go and his knee's not too bad, then like fingers crossed, uh, you know, frees up Triple J on the defensive end as well. Maybe that's like an extra little bit of a wrinkle they can throw in there. Just saying. Just thinking. He might help Triple J. That's all. Because that dude loves fucking fouling. More than I love icy cold beers. Right, let's do Outback Takehouse. 
It's Sunday at our back, and you guess what? Ah, we're still closed. It's even Mother's Day, that's right, but we're still closed because of the cocoa. Everybody's an ISO, we're all fucked, so always do a takeaway menu. That's right, how about just fucking rubbery roast? Oh, who doesn't love your mum's fucking cook to be on the bejesus rubbery roast with a bit of gravy? There you go. It's the Outback Takeout. Outback Takeout. Takeout special. Only at Outback. My mum cooks a great roast. I don't know what I'm talking about. But either way, today's Flame Grill Take is Doc Rivers 100% won that game against the Heat to hide how obviously he's tanking this series to get his ass fired so he can go back to LA and coach the Lakers. That's right. Better weather. Better golf courses, better golf tee times, veteran team with LeBron James. I mean, shit, Doc was literally starting DeAndre Jordan in 2022, doubling down on it and challenging people about it. If that's not someone trying to get fucking fired, I don't know what is. Only at Outback. Spot the lie. Also, so there's a... uh, there's a great moment. You might have noticed in the uh, the Lakers coaching search articles over the last like week, they're being methodical. We're taking a slow and sure approach. AKA, we're waiting to see if Doc or Quinn Snyder gets fired. It's like, yeah, no shit. No shit. Good job, Lakers. Right. Another quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch, and then we'll finish up the show right after all this. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Ah, sweet. Let's do some uh, Australian player watch. Pretty quick one because Aussie Matty T got out there for 20 minutes in game three. He had four points, one stem and a block. Amazingly, Matty T, in a game that they won by 20, in his 20 minutes, he was a minus seven. That is chaos. I told you the uh, it's been a bit of a weird series for Matty T, but... Not going to get any less weird if that keeps happening. And then Josh Greeny Green took one for the team, did the old did-not-play coach's decision, and uh, they ended up winning. Uh, unfortunately, the guy who they threw in there to uh, replace him for a little bit more ball handling was uh, Frankie Smokes, Frankie Nidalekina, and uh, he did not do much either. So maybe Greeny gets back out there for uh, the next game. All right, a really quick Shane Hill shoot a shoot shoot a shot, light him up, award... Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot his shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. All right, easy one today. It's just the Warriors. Um, 17 of 32 from downtown. 53 of 84 from the floor. That is absolutely insane. So you got 3 of 5 from downtown for Otto. 3 of 5 for Jordan Poole. 4 of 6 for Clay. 2 of 2 for Wigo. 2 of 4 for Cumbucket. And weirdly enough, Steph has the worst uh, multiple threes shooting percentage, apart from Damian Lee, who went 0 of 1. And Steph goes 2 of 8. The greatest shooter in the history of the game and the worst shooting percentage from downtown. But they, uh, as I mentioned, like the fact that they shot 63%, they were shooting 7% for so much of this game, was just testament to how much they were attacking the rim and getting there. And I feel like Kaminga really, really helped uh, make that happen. So, But... Steph, 
30 points, 7 of 14. Pool 27 on 11 of 17. Clay goes 4 of 6 from 3, 21 points. The splash triplets. The PTSD lineup. You love to say it. Right. Penny Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check in. I think uh, Patty is just like, I don't know, watching a bit of the old NBL, hanging out, not doing too much. But enjoying Jingling Joe Ingles and uh, his ongoing, you know, tweet storm because he's got nothing else to really do at the moment. Uh, so Josh Hart, hashtag C-O-Y-B, and uh, Jingles interpreted that, which is very funny. Coffee on your boy. <laughs> Need this today, mate. <laughs> So good. Ah, love it. You watch the footy at all? Joe asks Kyrie White. Joe Ingles replies, not while I'm here. I've got a couple of games lined up when we get back next month. Hmm, interesting. Big Hawks guy, so. I don't know, they got belted by Essendon last night. Sucked in. All right, let's do the game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem. Jimmy, how's it all going? Yep, look. As I mentioned at the top, the Coco's not been... Uh, too bad the last few days. Right as rain, basically meat. As you can tell, though, still got a bit of a cough. Uh, just a bit of a sore throat, but that's from talking and yelling a lot. So, she'll be right. Uh, we went one of four on the picks the last two days, and that was pretty brutal because I think the Bucks missed by a half point. And uh, the other picks were... Nailed the Dallas pick. I had Miami in the first game, then I had Memphis as well. So, really, the swing one was uh, the Bucks not covering by a half point. So, rough one. Uh, but that leaves us at 29 of 57 so far for the playoffs. Playoffs. So you'll take that. Uh, tomorrow, we've got Dallas hosting Phoenix and Miami going to Philly. Again, so these are the game fours. Dallas hosting Phoenix. I'm going to take Dallas because I was pretty uh, on board with the way they played their game three. And I think if they get Spencer going, we get a little bit more out of Luca. And if the defense can just stymie Phoenix enough, Dallas can repeat that and win a bit of a choppier sort of game. Because they controlled that one in game three. They really controlled the game until Phoenix, you know, did their usual sort of crunch time. Fuck you. We're going to make this close and uh, screw your shit up. But Dallas held them off. So I think if Dallas's uh, shooters at home could step up one more time between Bullock, Kleber, and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, if they just shoot roughly similar-ish as they did in Game 3, I reckon Dallas can win that. So give me Dallas plus one and a half. I think we get this series tied. And uh, Miami going to Philly. I'm taking the Heat plus one and a half. For all that I talked about Embiid changing just the geometry of that Philly court, I think the Heat get a much better game out of Bam in Game 4. I think they get a much better shooting game from literally everybody else. But, like, Philly's defense is just impacted that much by having Embiid back there rather than, you know, DeAndre Jordan. The corpse of DeAndre Jordan is basically on, like, a fucking trolley at this point. But I think the Heat are smart enough to figure that out and uh, get one of these in Philly. I expected it to be Game 3. I expect now that they lost Game 3 that they'll get it in Game 4. So give me the Heat plus one and a half. I think Big Booty Kyle Lowry, he had that sort of readjustment game. I think Hero's going to be better. Basically, I think that the Heat's upside in this is much is substantially bigger than the uh, Sixers' upside. As I said, like they were right there until the fourth quarter, and then it all sort of just fell apart, and they just couldn't score. I think there'll be times in Game Four where that maybe rises raises head again, but they shoot a little bit better, and they actually 
get Philly back and beat them. So I'm going the two underdogs tomorrow, Dallas and Miami. Dallas plus one and a half, Miami plus one and a half. And there you go. Let's go. Let's go make some uh, coin if that's what you're into. But either way, I love that all the series are 2-1 at the moment. It's so fucking great. So much better than any one of them being 3-zip. And you're like, well, that one's over. So there you go. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap all that up for you. Cannot wait. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be uh, able to fly through tomorrow's show as well. Which is nice. I'll be able to ISO. Cannot wait for that. Just going straight to the pub. All right. Uh, <laughs> we might do some weekend winners and losers as well on tomorrow's show because there's only the two games to talk about. So stay tuned for that. Uh, get around NBA Australia on Twitter, face the IG, we're all over the socials, NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Uh, we should have that maybe this week, maybe the week after. Um, with me getting the cocoa, just really fucked that up. But anyway, uh, Adam with World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube, FWCIE on Twitter as well. NBAstraya.com slash shop, get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Go download Knowable from your app store, bang in the code Australia, get 20% off. And uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song, but also Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 Dozers, for all the tunes you hear from the show. Uh, listen to them, because they're all really good bands. NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. We also support Australian mums. Happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Old mate, she's the fucking best. And so is my mum. She's not listening, but uh, bloody lovely. She had a fall. My mum broke her fucking hip. What a world. Anyway, she's all right, but Jesus. Uh, yeah. Look after yourselves, would you? Okay, uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Later, dickheads. Happy Mother's Day. Later, What the hell was that?